Peace and blessings, everybody. You're listening to The Good Brother Experience, where it is I, the good brother, the original black man. I am Reek. What you doing? How you doing? How you been? You're not drinking any water. That's how you've been. You've been dehydrated. You've been doing the wrong thing. Drink some fucking water and stop being a candy ass. Secondarily, I need for you to go to the Apple Podcast app. You type in the Good Brother Experience, you'll see me and all of my splendor and all of my glory in a silver do-rag. You'll click the fifth star, because if you don't click the fifth star, if you click anything outside of the fifth star, I would have to believe you have hatred in your bloodstream. And I believe your parents raised you better than that. Last, but don't confuse this, don't confuse this with being the least, I need you to email me goodbrotherexperience at yahoo.com if you've been sneaky linking during quarantine how's that been going if you've been watching anything cool on television how interesting has it been have you been in a place to where you and your girlfriend or you and your boyfriend are at odds because you're just spending too much time with one another and you have nowhere to cheat let me know let's talk about it goodbrotherexperience at yahoo.com so, I'm just coming back. I was in Ho- Georgia, Georgia, and I had a splendid time, man. I felt one with myself. I felt incredible. That's one of the better getaways I've ever had, solely because I went down there by myself. I came back up by myself. And the things I was doing down there, I will keep to myself. However, I will tell you this. I couldn't write or script me having a better time. Now, I mean, it was a serenity trip. It was for me to get my mind right. It was for me to get my my swagger was off. You understand? Like, things weren't calibrated correctly. I wasn't balanced. I wasn't smooth. I wasn't reek. I come back as a man who was reek. Strong ferocious intelligent abreast you understand these things were starting to waver as i was sitting up here in the depths of long island i was starting to lose sense of self i got on that flight and i quickly realized how much we take life for granted as you're sitting and you're listening to this you probably have a few people that you revere as a big deal right whether it be your mother, whether it be relatives, uh, celebrities, artists you might like. But when I was on that flight and I didn't fly Spirit, I I flew American Airlines, which between me and you, I don't know if that's too much better, but they gave me some chips, some water, so, and the flight attendant was nice. Anywho, starting to get off track. As we started to lift and we started to ascend to 20,000, 30,000 feet, whatever, I got this perfect view of Manhattan. I saw the city, I saw Central Park, and I saw just how small Manhattan is in the grand scheme of things. You get to see how small people are, how small skyscrapers are. You really think that shit is high in the sky until you're on a plane and that shit looks like an ant 
it just shows that there's so many things that we just put in this place of importance that really isn't important. The only thing that's important is living your life, man. Because when I was up there and I was looking down, I couldn't help but realize that, yo, niggas really rather seem like they're more important than what they are. They really try to come at you like this sense of entitlement and this intellectual, you know what I mean, elitism and just all this other type of nonsense and will make you, people will try to make you feel so small, but you're not small at all. Small is when you're on a cheap flight and you're starting to go above Tanner Park. I mean, not Tanner Park, that's Long Island shit. When you're starting to go above Central Park and you see just how much they allotted for trees. Like, yo, the aerial view of the city is crazy. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's just jam-packed. Everybody's just in a rush. Even when you're that high up, you just see just movement, 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 movement. Where the fuck are y'all going? This is why I've taken my sabbatical from having, like, an actual job. And it feels good for me not having an actual job. The ratings of my show has gone up. My friendships are starting to mend together. I'm starting to make major moves. I bought a new car. An actual new car, like off the lot and everything. I wake up and I don't feel that anxious feeling of I have to be at a place I don't want to be. Things are feeling pretty good. And a lot of my time and my energy is going to go towards making money. But that's where I want to put my time and energy. I don't want to put my time and energy towards making money for someone else. Yo, there's this guy, Brother Polite, right? And some of his views are radical. Some of them I actually agree with. But he was like, yo, it's 24 hours in a day. They tell you you need eight hours of sleep. You work for eight hours. Right? So out of the 16 hours so far, eight of them, you can't really do shit that you want to do. You're sleeping, so you can't do anything. You're working, so you can't do anything, right? That is 16 out of 24. It's probably going to take you an hour to get to work, like all things considered. Probably takes you an hour to get back. We're up to 18 hours, son. You have six hours to do what you would like to do every single day outside of the weekend. Y'all are cool with that? I'm crazy. Yeah, um, I remember one time my aunt was came to me. She was like, "Yo, you like you put all this time and energy towards like not having a job and making money." And I was like, "Yeah, I do. Put a lot of time and energy towards not having a job and making money. Is there a problem? Like, help if I don't get it. Help me help enlighten me. The one thing that was told to me, even when I was on a podcast." was people like security and black people love not actually working and doing what they love and trying to find another way out. Like, yeah, when you're saying this out loud, how do you, you really classify this as advice? Like, yeah, son, you fucking, you're always looking to have somebody give you a safety net. You don't, niggas is always trying to follow their dreams. What is going on with niggas, man? But, that's not what I wanted to talk about. I, I don't. That wasn't even on my goddamn sheet to even speak about today. But I wanted to speak about what some of the things and some of the programming that I've been watching, right? 
So I just saw New Jersey Drive for the first time. All right. I'll let you get your jokes off. I'll let you. Wow. This is the first time you see New Jersey Drive. It's like, come on, my nigga. Relax. I'm sharing with you here. It's a very, I thought this was a, a safe space. If I can't tell you what I've been going through, then who can I speak to, man? Y'all are my people. So anyway, before you really interrupted me, I was watching New Jersey Drive, right? And uh, the main character, what is his name? Because I wanted to focus on Midget, but the main character, New Jersey Drive, main character. Okay. They have this nigga looking finished. God damn. Yo, if yo, if you Google uh New Jersey Drive and you put in um Jason Petty, Jason Petty looks fucking done. Like god damn. Like this is what happens when you work all that when you work your whole life. You you wind up looking done like my boy. You know what I mean? But anyway. So uh what was his name? Jason Petty, right? Jason Petty was the person that was just in the mix. You can tell he didn't really want to do nothing. He was just around his homies doing what he had to do. Midget was the person that was wilding. Midget, uh, I don't know if you guys seen this movie. It's called um, Get on the Bus. And Midget really occupied a very interesting role in that movie where he's the quintessential example of really not being friends with someone, but you're just used to being around them for a long period of time. Because if you watch the movie, Midget and uh, my man, uh, Jason, they're nothing alike. Jason's the person that got locked up. Jason's the person that was always telling Midget to relax. Jason was always the person that really wasn't about shit. Jason was the person that really wasn't finding jokes funny. But Midget's out here trying to snake and fuck his girl on the low and take a bmw in a goddamn uh shopping center and that's how jason got caught and went to jail in the first place it's midget when the parents coming downstairs telling niggas to relax it's midget finding all the jokes funny a black mother telling his child like yo you don't need to do this bring your ass in the house it's midget that's laughing and it's midget that made me realize how special vests are midget had a vest on every fucking day and it just made me so upset because I just bought two new Carhartt vests. And I was going to set the su- the summer, not the summer, I was going to sp- set the spring on fire. I had plans for those vests. I was going to showcase some fashion on niggas, man. And then Corona. Corona took my fits away. So I was especially upset at Midget. I mean, how dare COVID-19 take my fucking fashion forward eyes away man i was about to set the streets ablaze with the jordans and carhartt combination niggas was i don't see nobody wearing vests right now the only people i saw wearing vests were the people that couldn't afford winter coats know what i mean they, they you know what i'm talking about they had the the polo bubble vest and then a hoodie underneath just living foul my nigga niggas don't want to they want to buy everything in the world they want to get foreign feats they want to get jewelry but niggas don't want to buy a coat anyway so midget really occupied a real interesting place to where 
You can have these people that will be in your life and you've known them ever since you were little, but you niggas aren't really friends. You're just used to being around each other because y'all grew y'all grew up in the same space. And another thing that was eerily similar to what's going on today was the police brutality. How the police pretty much can do whatever the fuck they want. Or they can pull up on you and kill you. Donald Faison's character stole a car. He tried to make moves on the police. And a cop car T-boned the car. Boom! Killed this nigga. And it was just all good. They were like, oh, damn. What was Donald Faison's character name? Nigga's name was Tiny. Killed my son Tiny, bro. Like, it was nothing. It was like, all right, fuck him. And just another black nigga just stealing cars. And the lead uh, officer, Roscoe, he was just like every other cop. Smug. Knew that he can do whatever the fuck he want, whenever he wanted to. Beating on black bodies. Killing black people if need be. Just having no regard of just viewing black people as people. And that's the same thing that... Like, if you watch New Jersey Drive, even with the slang that they speak, like, some of the shit is dated as far as, like, the clothes and shit, but if you really watch that movie, they could have made that movie two years ago. They could have made that movie two months ago. And it still would have been so similar to what we go through today as a society in regards to black people. Like, yes, black people commit crimes. New Jersey Drive is about people just going around joyriding, stealing cars, and sometimes selling them. But you're not going to tell me there's not parts of America where there's a collection of white people doing the same thing. Joyriding, stealing cars, probably also in Jersey. But that movie was to focus on black plight. Um, just being caught up in the mix as far as like a terrible mix is concerned. Being around like the wrong group of people. And when you think you're doing the right thing, the right thing is deemed as not being cool. Having a black girl always on your side no matter what. I mean, my son, fucking Jason's girl, was like, yo, don't do this. Yo, you don't got to go through this. Yo, come on, yo. Yo, what are you doing? This shit is dumb. And he's like, nah, nah, nah. Has his mom sitting there, chilling, talking to him all throughout the movie. Step pops, talking to him, talking to him. And took for this nigga to get locked up and to really show that, yo, niggas don't give a fuck about you. Midget himself had to get killed in a car accident. For this nigga to wake up. It's all about waking up and smelling the coffee, son. And I think um, what all of us should do is we should all revisit those 90s movies like now. Because, yes, we all grew up on Fresh. We all grew up on Above the Rim, um, Menace to Society, all those type of movies, right? But if we're all around the same age here, and if I'm 30, that means we were all between... Let's say everybody was between, in 1995, when that movie came out, I was five. So either you were seven or eight, or you was two or three. For the most part, for everybody that's the median as far as who listens to my show. We should watch these movies again and just really see how powerful these shits are. They are more than just black cult classics. They're cult classics for a reason. You know what I'm saying? I think we owe it to ourselves just to go back and look at that cinema and really identify why they haven't come out with movies like that since it's not because they're not profitable but there's a strong messaging behind those movies that were camouflaged because blacks were just i'm sorry hollywood was just enamored with like the black dollar at that time especially black crime movies but even even watch friday and look what that represents how 
Big Worm will kill a whole group of people for $200. How one man in the neighborhood can fuck up everything. And if you just get that one man out to pay, now everybody can live in tranquility. How being broke can be a unifier amongst friends. I mean, there's a lot of fucking, a lot of things that we can see, man. We just got to have our eyes out to see it. And something else that was cool about New Jersey Drive is, although Spike Lee didn't direct it, he helped produce it. He helped produce it. I saw the 40 acres in the, mu- in the mule um, symbol when the movie was coming on. I'm like, oh shit, Spike Lee was a part of this. So that led me to watching uh, the Five Bloods movie that just came out on Netflix. And if you look at Scorsese, right, that came out with The Irishman, and you look at Spike Lee, to me, they are on the same plateau as far as directors are concerned. It's just that Spike Lee's movies haven't, Spike Lee's movies have quote unquote bombed and they're more hit or miss than Martin Scorsese's movies, but Spike Lee takes more chances. Spike Lee has more range. Spike Lee is more multifaceted. He'll talk about Chirac, but then he'll cast Denzel Washington an inside man. He'll have a movie about being in Brooklyn, and then he'll come out with Black Klansman. He'll have a She's Gotta Have It and Do the Right Thing, but then fast forward, he'll do The Five Bloods. Like, you don't, you never really know where Spike Lee's gonna go in his movies. You understand? And the one thing that really registered to me when I was watching The Five Bloods was the father in Crooklyn. Uh, he's Paul in this movie. He's been the same age my whole life. Crooklyn came out in 1992, my nigga. And he was the old black bald nigga then. That was 28 years ago, son. How old is this nigga, son? This nigga's still in good shape. He's not out of it. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's not looking done. He's not looking old. The The beard is a little more gray, but so what? Like, he looks the... Watch Romeo Must Die Tomorrow. The movie with Ali and Jet Li. They came out in 2000, 20 years ago. He looks exactly the same, son. It don't make no sense. Black don't crack like for real, for real. And on top of that, nigga, literally being the same age for the entirety of my life, he was, um, he's like in, the, he's like in, uh, how can I say this? He's a league leader and watching a movie, I'm like, oh, my man. Like, nobody really knows his name. But you know him when you see him. Like when you're watching Crooklyn, you're watching Romeo Must Die. Or whenever you're watching any kind of movie, when you just see him and you see that face, like, oh, oh, that's my son right there. But you don't really know him. And something else that's really dope was I haven't seen uh, Lester Freeman and Senator Clay Davis since The Wire. Like that, 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 that cast was like something dope. And the reverence and the respect that Spike Lee has is so great that he got Chadwick Boseman to act in that movie and you probably didn't even know he was in the movie until you saw him. That was crazy to me because you don't go from record-setting lead man in Black Panther to being some off-the-cuff dude in The Five Bloods unless you respect the director. And... The amount of respect that Spike Lee has garnered all throughout the industry, I feel like is dope. I really feel like a disservice will happen if him 
and Tyler Perry don't get together. The same way how Tyler Perry has like this big ass movie compound. There's no reason for blacks not to have an opportunity with the strength of Spike Lee and Tyler Perry. I really believe that. Like that whole shit about black actors not getting a chance. They, them two in particular, they can spearhead black progression in film. Because now that you have Tyler Perry's acting compound, you don't need to record in Hollywood anymore. You don't need their permission. You just need Tyler Perry's. And if Tyler Perry and if Spike Lee with his 40 Acres in a Mule Productions can really just come together, I think your boy can be in a movie. That's why I'm bigging them up like this. Your boy is trying to act. I think I can get it done. What y'all think? Especially if they do an animated movie, my nigga. Because let me tell you, if there's a black cartoon somewhere, well, I don't give a fuck what race of the cartoon it is. It can be aliens for all I care. Your man is trying to get into voiceover work. So, if you guys know any opportunities, holla at me. I'm trying to be multifaceted. I'm trying to have my hands in different pots. I'm more than a podcaster. Everybody keeps complimenting me on my voice. Let's let's make some money now. You understand me? Be my manager. Be my agent. Start adding these niggas on Twitter like, yo, this is guy I know. His name is Reek. On Twitter and on Instagram, he's the OG black man. I think he would be great for your film. And they're going to say, does he have any experience? And you're going to tell them no, he doesn't. But he is the chosen one, though. Because I'm sure my man Clay Davis, shit, he had to get his fucking start somewhere. My man that's literally Benjamin Button, who's Paul in the movie. That came through. If you've seen all the Twitter memes, he's the person that's dancing to. I don't know fucking words to that song, my nigga. But you know what I'm talking about. My man that was getting that was getting groovy with the movements. You understand me? He had to start somewhere. Lester Freeman had to start somewhere. My man with the severe pigeon toe had to start somewhere. Chadwick Boseman had to start somewhere. Spike Lee had to start somewhere. Why not the good brother? I'm not meant to clock in. I'm meant to read off a piece of paper as a voiceover actor so I can get paid millions of dollars for my voice. That's what I'm destined to do, goddammit. And I won't stop until I get there. I have a few more things to say, but I'm going to save it for next week. I can't give y'all all the hotness at once. I got to prolong the hotness. So with that being said, just as a recap, I had a great time in Georgia. I really got to get my mind right. I really was able to recalibrate. I was really able to focus. When I was on that flight, I really got to understand that people try to make themselves more important than what they are. Because we're all people just trying to get through the day to day. And that's it doesn't get more apparent than when you're on a flight and you're looking down. And you're seeing just how minuscule people are, no matter how big they try to present themselves to be. I got to see that Spike Lee is a genius. He should be revered the same way Martin Scorsese is. I got to see how people like Midget and New Jersey Drive stop being around people only because you've known them your whole life. If you feel like the vibes is off, don't be the person that's going to jail. When the nigga that's doing the fuckery is the person that's, that's going to be free trying to fuck your girl on the low. And my man Paul doesn't age. Peace and blessings. Pass the dressing. And I'll holler at y'all tomorrow.